Welcome to our North Church podcast. We hope this message encourages you. For further information about our church, please visit churchnorth.com or check out our social media at Church North. Today's speaker is Pastor Dave Niblock. Let's get into the Word of God. God, we thank you for your Word. We pray that this goes forth today in might and in power. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 is where we're going to go to today. Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to read the verse, six verses in this passage. Hope you have had a good week. It's been a good week here at church. Our community cafe, by the way, on a Thursday is growing. And um, Stu, I think we had 30 people this week enjoying lunch together and conversation. And so it's an amazing blessing in the community cafe team. Hebrews 11 verse 1 to 6 says, now faith, what do you say faith? faith? Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. And by faith, he was, con- he was com- commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offspring. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. I don't fully understand that. I don't understand. It's okay to not understand the whole Bible. Okay, Some verses I'm like, I don't get it, but I'll try and understand it. By faith, I think there's a nightclub going on in, in your kids' church now, right now. I thought we were a church. I didn't think we were... A- Nightclub on Cool Lane. Can you hear that? What are they doing? I thought they should be learning about David and Goliath or Jonah and the whale. And yet they've got some DJ in there. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. How many of you want to be Enoch sometimes? (laughs) Just taken away. (laughs) I'd love it. Just, Just take me away sometimes. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. (laughs) My wife leads all of this. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If someone from our team could maybe just tell them to turn it down slightly, that might be a little bit helpful. Um, Thank you. How many of you here are regular attenders at a gym? Wow. (laughs) Gyms have become very popular. People love going to the gyms. People love buying gym wear but never wearing gym wear. But at the gym, they love wearing the gym wear outside of the gym. Active wear, active wear. Um, I do go to the gym, as you can see. (laughs) I have two main... I don't know what's going on today. I have two main objectives when I go to the gym, okay? Two main objectives when I go to the gym. Number one, get in. And number two, get out. I like to get in and I like to get out. I don't like going to the gym. I don't understand people who like going to the gym. 
I like the benefits of going to the gym, but I don't like walking in, doing what I need to do in the gym. The best part of it is walking out. When I go to the gym, I get changed, I run as fast as I can, and I lift some weights, and I shower, and I I get out of there. Others, I'm bemused at at the gym, because some people just seem to sit there (laughs) on weights machines, or sit there on bikes, and they just sit for like a long time. Normally with their phone, they're not moving on the bike. They're not moving or lifting any weights. They are not breaking into any sweat. They kind of go, sit down, scroll social media, and leave. Looking the same as when they first came in. When I go to the gym, when I finish the gym, I look like I just died. (laughs) I look like I met the devil and returned through a storm. Like, I, I use that time. When I think about faith, which is really what I want to share on this morning, when I think about faith, I like to think of faith, if it was possible, as one of those sitting on a bike, scrolling on the phone, and just enjoying the experience. You could call it passive faith. A passive faith where I'm in the environment of it, but I'm just, I'm kind of just sitting and hoping things happen as I'm in the right and correct environment. That's what I'd like faith to look like. But actually Hebrews chapter 11 tells the story of 17 heroes of the faith who actually raised the bar when it came to faith and actually got on a treadmill, actually got on the bike and didn't just stand on the treadmill, didn't just sit on the bike, they ran they lifted weights each of them for them faith was a sweat faith was not a post on Instagram faith was work faith involved endurance faith got them moving faith was not passive faith was very active and I want to share on this today just as a one-off Sunday in the last few weeks we've been speaking about the world of the generous and that's been great and today we're just going to speak For a few moments about something I want to call raised faith. (laughs) That as a church, we'll be a church which is going through a time where we are raising faith. Because Hebrews 11 talks about those who built boats. It talks about those who would fight bears. Faith was active. And I think God is asking us as a church to take our faith from being passive faith to active faith. To take our faith from one who just like enjoys the gym experience, but we're kind of not really wanting to pedal. We're not really wanting to run. We're not really wanting to lift. We're kind of more wanting just it to be passive rather than that. But I, when I read Hebrews chapter 11 from start to finish, it tires me out when I read it. And I'm there going, well, that's surely not what faith would be. Surely faith is the work of God. It's not the works of me. So therefore, why, why do I need to kind of sweat this out? Why do I need to work this out? And I'd love it to be the case if we could just sit there and God would do everything on our behalf. But the Bible from start to finish is about men and women who would run on the treadmill, who would lift the weights, who would do what God has called them to do. And sometimes it was hard work. 
Sometimes it was a tough experience. Sometimes there was disappointments. Sometimes there was challenges. Sometimes there was frustrations. And sometimes there was setbacks. But they made a decision. I'm not simply going to have a passive faith. I'm going to have an active faith. You know what is the rage at the moment? You can have what's called passive income. Passive income is income that you acquire that you don't actually have to work for. It's working on your behalf. And so it might be some investment, it might be some YouTube videos that you put on and you're asleep and people are watching them around the world and it's generating income. And so passive income is, is the cool way to make finance, it is the cool way to, to, to bring in income because it doesn't require much of you and sometimes our faith can look a little bit like that. Where we kind of want to spend our time kind of enjoying the moment and, and relaxing and hoping that things will come in. But the more I read the Bible, the more I realize it's not, it simply doesn't work like that. Faith is a two-way thing. Faith is what God can do and what I can bring to the table as well. It is me and God working together and he has the power and he has the ability and it is the spirit of God that enables me to do things that I might not be able to do but it takes me to be obedient to God, to listen to God and to get involved in his plans and in his kingdom and so I'm encouraging us today to raise our faith. We still believe. We can still have faith. But our faith sometimes prefers to live in the Costa Coffee next door to the gym rather than in the gym itself. And we still believe in God and we still have faith in God. But if we're honest, and this can be me at times, sometimes I'd prefer my faith, like I'm saying, to enjoy a latte in the coffee shop rather than having to sweat it out in the gym. And I'm not saying faith is all work, work, work. Because all of our faith, for all of us in here, our faith is deeply personal. Our faith is deeply unique. The way I live out my faith is different to the way you live out your faith. Jesus is the same yesterday and today forever for all of us. But how you respond and how you live your life is deeply personal and deeply unique to you. And so I'm not saying it's all work, work, work. But I am encouraging all of us to take our faith to the gym and get it working a little bit more. Because there are a few questions to consider. The first question to consider is what do we believe about God? It's a big question. What do we believe about God? The second question it's worth to consider is this, what do we believe about ourselves? And the third question to consider is, what do we believe about our future? What do we believe about God, number one? What do we believe about ourselves, number two? And what do we believe about our future? Because all of those three questions are linked together, but it ultimately starts in what do we believe about God? Do we believe God was a historical figure that we read about and that has some part to play in this cosmic world? Do we believe God is more involved than that? Do we believe God is involved in our everyday? Do we believe God is a father? Do we believe God is deeply personal? Do we believe God is just a spirit? Do we all have maybe our own interpretations of what God is. I believe that the Bible is clear on who God is. God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. 
God is the creator of you. God is the, the manufacturer of everything in our lives. And God loves us deeply. He sent his son to die on a, on a cross. And his son will come back again. And God is, God is everything to us. And so all of us have a different perception maybe, but all of our lives are ultimately linked together by what we believe about God. And when we talk about faith, it can mean different things to different ones of us. When I say faith, some of you switch off and go, oh, I'm like, I don't want to be, I don't want to like necessarily be hearing about that now. Or, or are you talking about something that's just, you know, what we're believing for? Are you talking about faith in the, in the generic sense? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 that faith is confidence in things hoped for and it is assurance about what we do not see. It is confidence in things hoped for and it is assurance about what we do not see. I like how the message version puts it like this in Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 to 2 of that same passage. It says the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors. It set them above the crowd. I like what it says, the act of faith. And I'm encouraging as a, as, as a church, wherever you might be on this whole spectrum on this faith journey, I sense God encouraging all of us just to raise it up a little bit. Just to raise it up a little bit. Some of you might be like, yeah, but we only need mustard seed size faith. It's what Jesus says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, move, and it will be moved. And that is true. The Bible is clear that Jesus says mustard seed faith, which is the smallest seed possible. It's almost like basically Jesus is saying that's how much faith you need to trust in God because ultimately God has the ability. If a little bit of trust in God, God has the ability to move all kinds of mountains. But if imagine, I don't think he means basically keep it as a mustard, size, a mustard seed faith. He's basically, you can raise it up, you can, you can build your faith, you can increase your faith, you can enlarge it. You only need a mustard seed to remove a mountain, but once if you had more than a mustard seed. One, if we could raise our faith just a little bit. And a few weeks ago at our vision night here at church, many of you attended, we spoke about three things that we really want to focus on this year. And one of them was to raise faith, one of them was to raise leaders, and one of them was to raise, raise disciples, and the other one was to raise leaders. But we spoke a little bit about raising faith. And you might be like, why did we speak about raising faith? One of the reasons we want to raise faith in our church is because our city needs hope. Our city needs faith. And we are a church which is for the city. And what happens in our city and what happens in our nation currently is that the mood in our nation, I would put it like this in Yorkshire terms, ain't that great. <laughs> ain't that great, lad. The mood in our nation is not the most hopeful. It's not the most inspiring. It's not the most um, expectant. It's not the most looking up. The mood in our nation needs some help. And we are in an energy crisis in the natural with gas and electricity. But there is also an energy crisis in the energy of the spirit of this nation. There is a crisis of energy. People are flat, people are burnt out, people are empty, people are looking down, people are struggling. And I'm not saying that is everyone, but you look across our nation and our nation is in great need. And what can easily happen 
is we can easily become accustomed or acclimatized to the mood of the nation. I shared at Vision Night, sometimes when you get off a plane in a hot country and you walk out the doors of the plane, like boom, the, the heat hits you. And you're like, man, I need to take off all my, my jacket and my, well, my jeans on. I'm too hot because oh, I didn't realize it was going to be 32 degrees. When we left Lees, it was seven. <laughs> but three days later, how many of you know you're all walking around, you've been acclimatized, you're like, you're chilling, you're, you're fine because you've got used to the temperature. And it is the same thing in life right now. It is very easy for us to become acclimatized to the mood of the nation. And we can easily share in the mood of the nation. Now we can become empathetic and we understand why the mood is there. And so that doesn't mean we disregard it. But I'm encouraging us as a church not simply to participate in the mood of the nation or to become acclimatized or accustomed to it, but bring some faith to the nation. Bring some hope to the nation. Bring some life to the nation, to your workplace, to your school, to your village, to your community. When there is a flatness in the communities that you live, you can bring some faith. This is what the ancients were commended for. When people were looking down, there were people like Noah, there were people like Joshua, there were people like Gideon, there were people like David who looked up and said, actually, things can be a little bit different to what they are now. You could have been like Moses and just settle down and go, well, this is how it is for the rest of our lifetime. This is how it's always going to be. But there was something in Moses that says, I'm not going to become acclimatized to the mood of the nation. I need to do something about it. And he went about it the wrong way. But ultimately, God delivered him and the Israelites out of Egypt. It requires sometimes a raising of faith. They raised the faith and nations were changed. You know, at the root of this church, uh, North Church, and most of my upbringing, if you had to kind of define kind of what church we would become a part of, and we are part of a denomination, we are part of the Assemblies of God denomination, which is, has its roots in what you would call a Pentecostal kind of movement of churches. I know in this church, one thing I love about this church is the diversity of this church. There's people from all kinds of church backgrounds. We have people in this church who are Methodists and Baptists and Anglicans and people from the Catholic church. And you've all gathered here at North Church. And, and so this isn't like we all have to be one set way in our denomination and one set way in our beliefs and one set way in our understanding of God and our ways to express our faith. I think the beauty of this church is we can all express our faith unique to who you are. But really at the root of this church is a, is a Pentecostal church. And sometimes when you hear Pentecostal church, people think that means like happy clappy kind of church. <laughs> we all love to be happy all the time and we love to be clappy all the time. We're a happy clappy kind of church. Or we're the kind of church that loves to sing like songs, this is the day that the Lord has made. And kind of like dance to, you know, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. See, all you Pentecostals know this. Some of you, uh, the rest of you, some of you Anglicans are going, I'm not sure about the theology of that song. When are we going to do a, when are we going to sing the creed? (laughs) But being a Pentecostal church is more than simply being happy clappy. Two step. (laughs) Being a Pentecostal church simply means we have faith in the spirit of God to move amongst us as a church. And that doesn't mean other non-Pentecostal churches don't share that same faith or understanding. 
But at the root of it is the Pentecostal church is when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost and swept across the room and God did powerful things among them and they began to speak in tongues and began to see great growth in the early church because of that day of Pentecost. And so we are open to the move of the Spirit and we have faith that God will move across our church, through our lives, through our families, through our communities. We believe that as a church. And ultimately, that is why sometimes we might be a little bit more expressive than other churches or maybe some other denominations. It doesn't make us better. It doesn't make us more spiritual. It's just our expression is sometimes a little bit different because there is a faith in us which basically says, God, we we want you to move and we expect you to move. We expect you to do great things and our faith is being raised. And as a result of that, I sing a little louder. Sing a little. As a result, I raise my hands a little bit higher. As a result, I open up my heart maybe a little bit wider. And so we just become a little bit expressive. That doesn't mean we have to, you know, we can't stand here and not love God. Of course you can. Someone once told me, you can never tell a man he doesn't love his wife because he doesn't buy her flowers. (laughs) Which was basically his way of saying, Just because you don't buy your wife flowers, you can still love her. But flowers, how many of you know, women, is a good expression of love. Amen? It doesn't define love, but it is a good expression. And so sometimes in our worship or sometimes in our churches or sometimes in our small groups at home, there is a raising of the faith which sometimes spills out into the lifting of hands and spills out into the confession of faith. It sometimes spills out in terms of the enthusiasm, enthusiasm and the excitement and the passion that we have. And if you feel today that your faith is kind of low, I get that. If, you, if, you would like, if you're on like a, a petrol gauge on your faith level, and you're like, I, I, I kind of, my faith is probably you know, down towards the red right now. I'd say don't try and inflate don't try and inflate it with hype. Don't try and inflate it by putting on a song really loud hoping that's going to help. Don't try and inflate it by just, you know, like walking a little bit differently and lifting up your head and I confess and no, you you need to do more than sometimes just hype certain things up. Sometimes what you need to do is you need to strengthen it with truth. There's no, there's no wonder if our faith gets a little bit low if we're not strengthening it with truth. Because I tell you, the more you read the truth of God's word, the more it will strengthen your faith. And we can try and hype it up and we can try and pump our faith up and put some air in it by, I don't know, getting around certain places and certain things. But nothing strengthens your faith like being in the truth of God's word. And when you can strengthen your faith, what happens is faith begins to speak. Faith begins to encourage one another. Faith begins to look up rather than look down. Faith begins to find a way. Faith says, amen. You know what? Faith goes for it. When you've got some faith, faith goes for it. Let's be a church that goes for it. Maybe that should be the vision for this church. A church that goes for it. That would look good on that wall. A church that goes for it. And you might think this is a little bit different today. Yes, it is a little bit different. It's a little bit different on purpose. Because I'm trying to encourage us, all of us, wherever we are in the room, just to raise our faith a little bit. And you might think, I don't fully know what that means. I Hopefully, by the end of this message, you'll understand a little bit more. 
But a faith that amends, a faith that finds a way, a faith that encourages, a faith that when you have a conversation after this service and you're having coffee and someone says, how are you doing? And you say, I've not been too well. They don't go, oh, sorry about that. But they say, hey, I'm sorry about that. I'm going to pray and believe that you can be well this week. That's the raising of faith. A faith that speaks when you get a bad report this week from an employer or when you get a bad report from a doctor or when you get a bad text message from someone. You don't just look at it and and start going down the tubes with the negative side of that, but you begin to speak faith into those situations. That's raising faith a little bit. doesn't mean buying a big Bible, walking across leads with a big banner. It just means wherever you are raising the faith in your life, even if it's just a little bit, you'll find it makes a big difference. Let's not become a beige church, a boring church, a happy with how it is kind of church. Let's be challenged to raise it up. Because the Bible says we live by faith and not by sight. We live by faith and not by sight. And it is my job as a pastor of this church and Ab's together and she is in kids church today. It is our job together to help keep our church and to equip our church and to disciple our church and to pastor our church and to pray for our church and to equip and strengthen and encourage you in your faith. I can't live your faith out for you. You can't live your faith out for me. It is your faith. But our job is sometimes just to encourage you, to inspire you, to equip you, just to raise it, to turn it up just a little bit. Every one of you is all in different places in the room. Some of you are spirits going now. Some of you are like, bring it on. I'm ready to stand up. I'm ready to swing off these metal beams. <laughs> Others of you are like, I want to weigh this up first. That's fine. All of us have different, we're all in different places. But let me read this for you in Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. I want to read this passage. I was reading this week and I just sensed I wanted to share this with you it's a familiar passage some of you would have heard it before but in Mark chapter 2 verses 1 it says a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum the people heard that he had come home they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left not even outside the door and he preached the word to them some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through the tiles in the roof and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. So not only have they made a hole in the roof, this guy now just leaves before even helping to repair it. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. These are the kind of people our church needs. I call them diggers. Our church 
needs some roof ceiling diggers. Our church needs some naughty people who will cut holes in ceilings and do unconventional things to help people get breakthrough in life. These guys, doesn't tell us how many there were, just says a whole bunch of guys. They had enough faith, this is important, they had enough faith to go to the meeting. How do you think that's good faith? Jesus is going to be there. Let's go. Let's go. You ready to go? Let's go. They got enough faith to get him there. But most would have decided, because we can't get in, let's turn back and go home. They had enough faith to get there, but they raised their faith even to a point where they could get him in. And just ponder on that passage for a moment. Because I think in our church right now, and not just this church, but I think a church around the world, I think we've got lots of people who would be prepared to take the man to the meeting. But how many of us are prepared to raise our faith to bring him through the ceiling? It's a picture of some of our lives. We've got enough faith to get to a certain point. And that's good. God is pleased with that and that is to be honoured and valued and that is to be respected. But imagine if we just raised our faith a little bit more. Even to a point where you would even discuss the idea. Imagine even discussing the idea. Just think about it for a moment. They get there, can't get in. Too many people. People hanging outside, people, you know, no live streams. People just like, out. And probably some people just went, oh, you know, forget it, let's, let's go home. We'll come back tomorrow. These guys are discussing with a paralyzed man, which means he can't move himself. So he is stuck as he is. And they are even discussing the idea of how can we get him in. <laughs> there would have been other options. Someone would have looked around the back. <laughs> Someone would have said, you know, is there, can we sneak in through any fire doors? I'm not sure they had them back then. And then someone would have had the idea, I think the only way in is to go through the roof. Now, even that's a crazy idea because they'd be looking for an opening in the roof and then they'd have another setback, there's no opening in the roof. So we have, final option is to cut a hole in the roof. (laughs) We're going to dig through the tiles in the roof. And then what we're going to do, this is how crazy the Bible is. Once we've cut a hole through the roof, We are going to put a paralyzed man, not a fit and healthy man. We're going to put a paralyzed man on a mat from height. We're going to create some form of pulley system to lower him down perfectly at the place of Jesus. They've not just dug a hole anywhere in the ceiling. Someone has worked it out. And gone, Jesus is there, so you need to go left, right, 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 left, left, back, forward, 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 back a little bit, back a bit, back a little bit, forward, stop, 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 there. <laughs> and then as Jesus is preaching, a paralyzed man is coming down on a mat through the roof. 
And even Jesus is there going. Good on you. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well. Good on you. Forgives his sins. Why? First, because how many of you know forgiveness of sins is more important than the healing of a body? But he doesn't just leave him with the forgiveness of sins. He then goes on to heal his body. And I want to encourage you today as a church, you need those kind of friends. You need the kind of people in your life who will cut some holes in some of the impossible situations of your life. Don't simply have Pharisee kind of friends who have just witnessed this. They've seen it happen and their first response is, well, who gave him authority to do that? As a man has been healed. As there was a gaping hole in the roof. You need the kind of friends that will cut holes and make openings in situations that appear locked out to you. Why? Because they live by faith and not by sight. Sight says the room is full, it's too hard, it's too intrusive, we can't do it. But faith says Jesus is there and will figure out how to repair the roof afterwards. We better call Paul Chilton. That's what we'll do afterwards and hope Paul can help us fix this. But we are going to put a hole in this roof right now and figure it out later. And when Jesus, what does the Bible say? Jesus saw their faith. How many of you know faith is visible? Sometimes you can see it. You don't just hear it, sometimes you can see it. There are some people who say very little, but yet show great faith. And there are some people who say very much and show very little faith. It's not what you say, it's what you believe. And it's what you then say about what you believe. You see, what you believe will determine what you say, but I'd prefer to be in a church of walkers than a church of talkers. I'd prefer to be in a church of people who will cut holes and walk and find a way rather than simply talk about finding, talk about it and talk and talk, but never actually put their faith into action. Prefer to be in a church where people actually get on the treadmill straight away and just run rather than people who just sit on the weights machine for a couple of hours and then decide to leave. Active rather than passive. The challenge comes when you have no need for faith. Challenge comes for all of us in life when you look at your life and you go, I don't really think I've got any need for any faith. Family's good. Home's good. Job's good. Bank account's good. My spirituality's good. Friendships are good. And sometimes that can be a slightly dangerous place to be. Because sometimes what it does is we end up just settling. We can end up just kind of becoming at ease and just chilling and relaxing. And you can enjoy the blessing and the benefits and the goodness of God. Of 100% you can. But sometimes we think we need faith for things that are bad to become good. But what about faith for something that is good to become great? 
What about faith of something that is great to become extraordinary? And if I'm not paralyzed myself, what do I do is I attach my life to someone else who is. If I don't necessarily need to get through that ceiling, I attach my life and I get involved in people who need to get through that ceiling. And I'm encouraging you, church, have something to believe God for. Have something to believe God for. Christianity is more than a tradition. It's more than a hobby. It's more than a lifestyle choice. It is Christ within. And every day my faith can go to work. Every, every day my faith can go to battle. Every day my faith can help people get through roofs. Every day my faith can speak and can show boldness. Every day my faith can make a difference to me, my family, my kids, my city, my community, my nation. Every day the Christ within me enables me to do that. And I know it's cool for our faith to be cool. I know it's, faith, it's cool for our faith to be super relevant. I know it's cool for our faith to kind of be, you know what, you know, we're like we're in the world but not of the world. It went like it's, yeah, like we're, we're kind of, kind of like you aren't we like I know it's cool for our faith to be like that but I need to tell you sometimes our faith isn't cool sometimes our faith isn't the coolest most relevant most like wow like you guys are really cool you're Christians and you're cool you're Christians and you're like you're like you're one of us no like sometimes your faith is bold and sometimes your faith will call things out And sometimes your faith will stand out and sometimes your faith will look different and sound different and sometimes your faith will stop you from going there and sometimes your faith will take you there. Sometimes your faith will make you cause up, stand up and leave certain conversations and sometimes your faith will take you into certain environments but wherever your faith takes you or wherever your faith leaves you, it is because of your faith. It is not acclimatizing to the mood of the nation but it is making a decision. My faith is different. It's bold. It stands out. It is part of the Hebrews 11 heroes of kind of faith. Who didn't just sit by and watch the world go by, but had some activity in their faith. And this isn't about an adrenaline rush. It's not a bungee jump kind of faith. This is about kingdom. And so I'm encouraging you today, church, take your faith to the gym. Get your faith messy and get your faith sweaty. (laughs) Get your faith messy and get your faith sweaty. Some of you in here, as I close, band singers can come and join me. Some of you in here need to take a risk. Some of you need to take a risk. Some of you here need to mix it up a little bit. Some of you here need to start hanging out with some of those crazy people. Some of you need to dig some holes in some roofs. Some of you need to stop just sitting on the weights bench. And some of you need to put your hands on the weights and start lifting a little bit. Because where there seems to be no way, we believe God to make a way. And wouldn't it be awesome, church, if March, the month of March, could become miracles in March in our church? From this moment to the end of March, we just begin to see things happen. We begin to see breakthrough come. We begin to see situations change. And you might be like, I don't have any situations I need changing. Well, maybe make some of those good situations even better. 
And if you don't, maybe get involved in other people's situations, other people's belief. Let's believe that from now to the end of March, we begin to see God heal some people. God transform some lives. God brings some breakthrough in certain situations. God do great things in our church and he is already doing that. But how many of you know, if we raise it up, we can believe for a little bit more. And so today... I know it's been a little bit different than my normal teaching self. But I'm encouraging us. What can we believe God for? What can you start believing God for? What is our faith if we're not believing God for anything? It becomes a hobby, it becomes a lifestyle, it becomes a tradition, it becomes what we've always done. But for some of you, maybe I'm giving you a little bit of a kick up the backside today. I'm kicking myself up the backside helping our faith become active in Jesus' name. Let's cut some holes. Let's get some people through the roof of our church and let them experience the power and the presence of Jesus Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to sing.